0: You're listening to the Classic Gamers Guild Podcast.
1: Hello everybody and welcome back to the Classic Gamers Guild Podcast. I am Rick and I'm here with Anna. How are you doing this week, Anna?
0: I am fantastic. I was just helping a friend get her website up and going. She uh she got laid off due to the COVID and uh and I thought I'd give her a hand. So it was kind of fun cuz I got to play around and work on my website as well.
1: Two question, two questions about that. Um when you say she got laid off because of the COVID, does she have COVID or just because of everything like COVID planet world land?
0: Oh yeah. No, she doesn't have it, thank goodness. No, it was just everybody was laid off that was working for that portion of the company. Gotcha. Yeah.
1: Um, second question. Do you actually do websites? Because man, I just I, I tried to make a website like a year ago. I think this is like the one year anniversary of me trying to put together a website. And it wasn't even mm-hmm. that bad particularly. Uh I think that the program that I, I was using Wix, which has like kind of a mm-hmm. website builder. Um, which I kind of had a real geo cities feel like kind of like old school. Yeah. As I was trying to put it together, I was sort of feel like this just feels like I'm doing geo cities again. Uh-huh. And maybe that's my fault because, you know, <laughs> there are some people who do get some good, pretty modern looking websites out of it. Mm-hmm. But every time I tried and, you know, I had um, a friend of mine, Jess, you know, Jess, uh, she was helping mm-hmm. me as much as she could, but As much as she could possibly help, and she was, she did a great job. It just kept looking, uh, because of like how I wanted it to be like, okay, well, I want it like this. I want it like this. I want it like that. It just ended up being GeoCities again. So I can't even blame (laughs) Wix or GeoCities. That's just me, I guess. I think I'm just stuck with the 90s website mentality. That's where my site's been
0: for years. So they're, they're fine. You you know, they, they will port to other sites, and they do have paid tools, but their layout is pretty simple, and I can set up paid items easily. Oh, good
1: yeah so i mean if you have a website at all you have gotten further because just as i was about to go live i lost my job so i couldn't afford it anymore so
0: ah damn yeah Yeah, we never really had one made up this is it and i've never directed anybody to it i've just tweaked it here and there over the years and eventually (laughs) i'll have current products on it and i'll say hey go to my website but until then it's all insta and facebook right because they're so much easier
1: um so anyways back to this show that we do um wow i just channeled my inner paul on that one if paul wasn't here he would have probably said that himself <laughs> um so as everyone knows we are big fans of sierra and lucas arts that's kind of almost all that we really talk about on the show even though we're not in any way limited to just those topics uh but you know we do need to diversify. And sometimes that does mean a plummet in listens because, you know, our bread and butter audience are Sierra and LucasArts fans. Um, But, you know, our numbers have been kind of hurting a lot since COVID anyway. So we might as well uh, take a few steps away from what we are generally comfortable with. And uh, we decided, Hey, let's think of a few games that we could recommend to people that are neither Sierra nor LucasArts.
0: And then at that point, Rick said all of my choices were bunk because they were actually involved with Sierra in one way or another. And I'm like, wow, what a big umbrella you have, Sierra. But no, I, I found some other stuff. I'm good.
1: Yeah, they covered some ground. Like, even if they weren't the devs, they were publishers. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, yeah and that's where it would catch me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So things like uh, Dynamics and stuff like that. So basically, here's the ground rules of it. Number one, if it has Sierra or LucasArts on the box it's considered a Sierra or LucasArts game. Mm-hmm. So you can say technically Dynamics isn't Sierra because they made their own games they're just published by. It's like, yeah, yeah, if it's Sierra on the box, it's a Sierra game. We're not going to um, f- fuss out and suss out and just like, figure out who did what on what and why it's technically just Sierra. <laughs> if it's on the box, it's a Sierra game. I think that's fair. Uh a couple other rules we sort of uh, set for ourselves, just uh, for the benefit of the audience, is that we we decided not to choose any game that has already had a previous edit episode dedicated to it. And we are not going to choose any games, or I hope we didn't choose any games, that we want to dedicate a future episode towards. Because basically this is a sort of like uh, a way to get rid of some of the miscellany Of uh, games that are just like not quite enough to talk about for a full episode. But we do really want to sort of put out there into the world towards uh, the classic gamers who just want uh, something nice and old school but new to them. Um, The other thing that we want to keep in mind, last one I promise before we actually get to like talking about the (laughs) thing that we're here to talk about. uh, We also wanted to basically figure that they are pretty well uh, playable today in, in terms of, you know, not just that they're actually playable, but you know, somebody could pick it up, play it and not have too bad of a time. Cause I know eight games have aged and games that were awesome back then might not be as awesome now. Uh, but you know, if it has a low enough barrier that you can just sort of be like, okay, well this is a little bit dated, but it's still a good game. So you can kind of just tough through it and work it out and it's fine. Yeah, like we, we don't want anything that's like co- so completely uh, obscure or old or dated that like it's just not going to be fun for anyone. These are our recommendations to you that you know we want you to maybe try these games out if you have the opportunity.
0: And there's so many fun little games that aren't by those companies that uh, I, I actually had to look through my own collection and think, <laughs> what <laughs> have I played that's not Sierra or LucasArts? Because up on my big display cabinet,
1: pretty much all of them are. It's kind of hard it it's really quite hard because like you know um yeah, i i've obviously played a ton of games that aren't sierra lucas arts but sierra and lucas arts are very story based so there's a lot to talk about if you have a game like uh, uh and this is not one that i'm going to mention later so i'm just going to throw this one away if you have a game like lightspeed i can mm-hmm. talk about that for like 5 minutes and that's <laughs> it like you know, it's a great game and i love it i want people to play it, but you know there you go that's that's exactly my segment on lightspeed right there so Exactly.
0: Makes the whole podcast go by at light speed. It just doesn't work. (laughs) Yes.
1: So um, that's not even an honorable mention. That's pretty much all (laughs) I can ever say about that game. It's good. (laughs) It's good, Um, though. Try it. Yes. (laughs) So as for our official picks, how about, uh, you know, why don't you start since I threw one of mine away already?
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, one of my picks is... Tune struck. Now, I, I've brought it up before, and that's why I say it's a game that's allowed a little bit of an honourable mention once in a while, but it's not enough of a game for a full episode. And I say that because it was never really completed. But anyways, it's not done by Sierra or LucasArts. It's developed by a company called Burst Studios, and it was published by Virgin Interactive Entertainment. So it came out for DOS in 1996. So kind of the end of the came out on DOS era. Right. Uh, uh, now, I don't think you've played this game, have you? Um, no, no, I haven't. I think the reason it's going to hit people in the modern day is, A, there's no typing. So contrast to some of the games that we talk about back in the day, uh, typing was the main uh, way of interacting with the game. This is all point and click. It's very cartoon-like, but it's also crude humor. It's pretty funny. If you're at all a fan of Christopher Lloyd, and I think a lot of people are, it's neat to see a role that he played back in the 90s that wasn't
1: involved in Back to the Future. <laughs> I don't think there's anyone who's not a fan of Christopher Lloyd, is there? I mean, like, there there are people who don't realize that they're fans, but everyone likes Christopher Lloyd. No one's going to be, like, turned off by Christopher Lloyd. Be like, oh, he's in that movie? Yeah. (laughs) Everyone will see him in there, and as soon as they see his name in the credits of anything, Mm -hmm. everyone will everyone perks up. Like, oh, Christopher Lloyd. Like, no one has, like, maybe no one has, like, posters of him on their ceiling, but... (laughs) Maybe, I'm sure some people do, I'm sure a good number of people do, but like no, not everyone will, but even though he's who turning don't.
0: around and it's epic, he's getting in the Delorean or he's getting shot, and Marty's right there. There's so many <laughs> epic scenes, the clock tower, like I'd have that poster on my wall or ceiling
1: <laughs> ceiling important difference to me, to note between having somebody's a <laughs> uh, poster on your wall and having it on your ceiling, yeah, ceiling's a special place, hmm <laughs>
0: <laughs> but the the other thing that's cool for people that are interested in pop culture is Flux. He's got this little purple assistant guy who's sassy, but also rather smart and helpful. And he's voiced by uh, Dan Castellaneta. How do you pronounce that? Dan Castellaneta. You're on your own. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know who you're Cass-
1: talking about. I know exactly tel- who you're talking about.
0: Castellaneta. He's voiced by the guy that plays Homer, uh, Dan Castellaneta. I think that's how to pronounce it, So, which is fun because he's really good at voices and the character's really great. And the two of them have this chemistry while you're playing the game that makes it a lot of fun. You just want to see what all the interactions are between them. And you get to control each of the characters so you can control flux and get him to do things that the live action Christopher Lloyd won't do.
1: So it's Mm. just it's super fun controlling them. Oh, nice. You know, it's funny just to go back to uh, Dan there. Is that uh, when you're asking how to pronounce it, I was going to say, I don't know how to pronounce it. I just know how it's spelled. Then I just tried to look <laughs> it up and I realized I had no idea how it was spelled either.
0: <laughs> There's a lot more letters so, than
1: you'd yeah, think. It totally was. There's when like cruise, a two, at least two extra syllables than I was expecting.
0: Yeah, you see it cruise up on screen when you're watching The Simpsons. Like every time I think I've seen his name hundreds, thousands. M- Maybe hundreds of thousands of times. I don't know. Since I was a kid, and and I've never mm-hmm. super paid attention to it till I had to pronounce it.
1: <laughs> so yeah, that's um, I. Yeah. Today I learned his
0: name, <laughs> but not how to pronounce it. No. <laughs> but check it out. The game is not complete. It's complete enough as far as a storyline goes. And kind of what they were going to do is they were going to release a second one, and it was going to have. Some of the other scenes that they had filmed at the same time as they were filming that, that they didn't use. And and they had enough material and enough uh of the scenes filmed with Christopher Lloyd to put it together into a whole new episode. And they even, they did crowdfunding. There's a Facebook page, you know, you can look for it. Uh, just look up Toonstruck. I think there's really only one. Are they, are they currently um, crowdfunding for it? Like, can you actually no. still go and donate? Last, last movement was 2018. Uh, it does have a website. It's also very GeoCities-like if you look it up. Uh, the footage exists. It's in a vault, potentially, mm. and it's all been done. So if in some way somebody could get excited and revamp it, I'm on board for that Kickstarter. <laughs> How about your next choice there, Rick?
1: Um, actually, well, or just one last choice. thought. <laughs> well, just one last thought on ToonStruck. The thing about ToonStruck is that it's a game I have heard the name for so long that I don't even remember the first time I heard it. Like, I couldn't even pin it down to a year. I honestly don't know. Maybe I heard it like two years ago. Maybe I heard it five years ago. Maybe it was ten. Like I've just heard the name so much, it's like just sort of there. And I just, <laughs> you know, I never remember what the game actually is or is about. I I just nothing sticks beyond it other than this general (laughs) awareness of the name.
0: Well, you know, I think it's cool because it starts it out that Christopher Lloyd, he's trying to draw a cartoon for a new show after he's just done getting berated by his boss that's Ben Stein and he's very good at droning and berating. So that's Mm. all like live action stuff. And then he ends up getting sucked into his own drawing, which is kind of the commencement of the hilarity because what he's drawing is the fluffy, fluffy bun, bun show. (laughs) (laughs) And and he ends up going into their land, but there's like a badness, a malevolence that's come in. So you've got like the ultra sickly, sweet, throw-uppy kind of acute, fluffy, fluffy bun, bun, and then you've got this dirty kind of a gritty underworld side of things, and then there's you. And you're Christopher Lloyd, and you're from the real world, and you're also an alien. So it's really quite a lot going on. Not sure if you were looking for a whole overview of the game,
1: but <laughs> Well, I wasn't, great. but I mean, like, we might as well. I mean, you know, <laughs> again, these are the ones that kind of don't really have the uh, uh, enough for us to dedicate, like, a full episode to later. So we might as well just, like, say what we do have. Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, you know, you could introduce the kids, like I said, the humor is of the sort where it's kind of crude, but they're not really going to get it. And if they do get it, it's probably something that they're exposed to in regular life anyways. (laughs) They're not outright swearing or anything. It's just sassy, you know, and a little bit gritty, but super fun Mm. and definitely can get the attention of your probably nine or 10 years old and up.
1: Nice. Um, okay, so for my pick, I'll start with one that's pretty quick since I technically already had something of a pick. It just really wasn't much of one. <laughs> um, there is a little bit of a story behind Lightspeed, which is why it was like the first thing that popped into my head. But um, we'll maybe save that for another topic another day. Um, right now, I guess, uh, you know what? This was a little tough one because, again, um, you know, there there is a rule that it has to be you know, not too poorly aged. That's not really playable now. And I do believe that. But I do know that some people's opinions are a little bit, you know, they kind of think it's a little bit outdated. But I think if you really want to sit down and just really take in everything that's good about it, it can really easily um, kind of look past some of the dated controls. And that's really the worst part. But the game is Crusader No Remorse. I don't know if Mm. you've heard of this one.
0: I have heard Um, of it. Yes. Yes.
1: Is developed by Loose Cannon Productions, which is sort of part of Origin, so it's a, it's an Origin game, mm-hmm. and uh, it was it was built using the Ultima Eight engine, or at least like you know a later version of the Ultima Eight engine, and you can really tell just by looking at it mm-hmm. and pl- playing it just for like even a few seconds that it's very much the same kind of um, um, yeah, you know, the same you know, perspective, the same general animation style, art style, uh, controls. And, um, but instead of being set in like Ultima, which is like medieval fantasy, it's, uh, set in the science fiction future. Hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, there's not a whole lot to say about the game other than it's like really, really cool. It's got like a little, uh, whimsical humor to it, even though it's pretty dark and violent, it's more of like a, it's, pretty much just kind of like an more action game but also kind of adventure elements to it so you basically are just what this guy who walks around uh if you've played ultimate 8 you can picture it You're the guy who walks around uh from place to place but you, you know you have guns and ammo and you gotta act um you know go through levels it's not open world as far as i can by any definition i can really muster up mm-hmm. but so you got to get through levels and you know a lot of that involves getting through doors that you don't have access to by accessing computers that you don't have passwords to. And so you got to like, you know, it's an action game, but you still got to really learn to interact with your surroundings to find some of this information. So, because you can log into a computer and find like emails of like people chastising their co-workers and telling them like for the last time remember your password okay it's two five six two or something like you know they totally find a way to like th- throw in like why people are just giving their passwords out and you know that's what you got to remember and you know and it's a total I-, I can't remember if they record it for you i kind of basically remember writing everything down myself which i think is really cool i miss mm. games that kind of make you do some yeah. of the work and just sort of like, hey, that's important information, I might need that later, so I have to write that down. Um, which is what I love. So, you know, so you do eventually go to, like, the find the computer of that one guy, and it's like, okay, well, what's the password? And you have to have <laughs> checked that email from, like, the, the previous room and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's really got that adventure element to it,
0: mm-hmm. where
1: it's, like, kind of puzzle, but still... Broadly pretty action. Like it it's probably more comparable to an action RPG these days than anything, mm-hmm. uh in a lot of ways. But like I said, it's got that just that little tinge of an adventure game. And it's just yeah, I it just it, it is really fun. Um and again, like I said, it's uh it is a little bit dated in the controls, but I think it's really not that hard to get past that in order and it would still be pretty pretty awesome today. I think the graphics still hold up pretty well. Um, you know, if you're into if you're at all into 90s gaming, it's mm-hmm. by no means uh, unplayable. It's uh, got a lot
0: of graphic detail. When you when you look in at the screens, there, there's so much going on. I mean, you've got, say, for example, five or six characters on the screen. You've got action going on. You've got all these nooks and crannies to look in. It it mm. looks like it's, it's a lot of paying attention.
1: Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's basically very Ultima in the sense sort of like, you know, there are just civilians kind of like doing their thing kicking around and there's nothing really that stops you from just pulling out your gun and shooting them it's like testing your weapons on them Mm -hmm. it's just you know you kind of shouldn't do that just because that's being a dick but there's no real there's nothing that really stops you from doing it either (laughs) So well, as long as you can loot the body, it doesn't matter. If, if it
0: doesn't give you a penalty, then yeah, give exactly. her, yeah. it. Yeah, exactly.
1: It's kind of one of those things which I don't always necessarily do, but I really mm-hmm. think it's important to have that option mm-hmm. where, you know, it's <laughs> like, okay, well, I, I don't want to just kill everyone who's just a civilian and totally innocent and has nothing to do with it because that's not nice, mm-hmm. but if they're going to be there and if I happen to be pointing in their direction and my gun goes off and they get hit with a bullet, I expect that to mean something. And <laughs> well, it totally yeah. does.
0: It's got, I mean, I like the games like that where it shows environmental damage too, where mm-hmm. you're like, yeah, yeah. Not only am I roasting you, but I'm messing with like the stuff around you because of what's happening. And I think that's pretty cool.
1: Mm-hmm. Here's some interesting, uh, cause you yeah, know, I, I didn't really have very much to say except for it as a game but just for like important information and trivia i have the wikipedia page up here so i'm totally cheating i didn't actually have this like stored in my brain or anything <laughs> um but here's an interesting thing is that there are actually some really cool or very subtle i should say which i think is cool subtle nods and references to games like system shock uh bioforge and wing commander <laughs> uh, so, whether or not you want to interpret that as sort of ca- putting it into the same canon, uh, you know, there's there's something to, there's an argument to be made. But I think it's just kind of cool that there's like, uh, yeah, it's always, especially in the 90s, it was really cool to see these little references to other worlds and games and universes.
0: Man, there um, must be this whole universe of connected games. I'm picturing that, that gif with the guy with the, the, corkboard covered in different things all connected up with threads and pins and you know you do that with all of these games that reference all the other games and and how it becomes part of canon or you know be part of the same
1: world it would be one hell of a big board to work with speaking of which have you ever heard of saint elsewhere you know about this one right Mm -hmm. yeah we're like um the show the tv show saint elsewhere ended with the entire series having taken place in t- inside the mind of an autistic child. Right. My grandma used
0: to watch that show. I haven't even heard anybody talk about it in years. It's just taking me a second
1: to recall. I only why know, I know it, it because of that one thing. I only know wow. it because of that one thing, because that's become infamous now because um, there were references and crossovers and stuff like that, that happened within the show. So people determined that like, well, if this show entirely happened in an autistic child's head, then, therefore, those shows must have also taken place. And, like, they basically went down this rabbit hole to see, like, okay, with all the cameo appearances, all the references people make in their shows, all the Easter eggs and all that, you know, how much of our fictional universe is actually the construct of an autistic child's brain? And you can look up the sheets or this and you can see, like, the flow charts and everything that it covers, like, almost all of fiction <laughs> at this mm-hmm. point. <laughs> because you know everyone just throws in like sly references here and there right it's not even meant to be canonized but just it's there so mm-hmm. that means it's connected and everything basically works its way back you know six degrees of kevin bacon kind of thing <laughs> everything works its way back to Saint elsewhere which took place in autistic kids head so yeah whoa that's that's yeah. pretty heavy um so yeah just throwing that out there just to like you know you got to look into that if you haven't gone to that rabbit hole yet um i guess one last thing to say before we move on from crusader though one last little interesting trivia here is that um uh the game at the time it came out by the way there is a sequel no regret you can play either one of them i think uh they stand alone pretty well so um uh whichever one you have access to just play it i think they sell uh separately on gog but anyways the first one no remorse um was written in c and therefore, apparently, it could not be ported straight to consoles. <laughs> there is um, a port to PlayStation and Saturn, mm-hmm. and those actually had to be rewritten from scratch in the code. Is that why it was two years later? I was wondering about the discrepancy. <laughs> that, that probably is. Yeah. Yeah, because they basically had to reassemble it from scratch.
0: Wild. Yeah, yeah, that that's pretty wild, and and the fact that it only came out specifically for Saturn and PlayStation One, eh? That's pretty cool. That that is. Mm-hmm. When did this come out? Talking about email and stuff. Oh, okay, nineteen ninety five for DOS. So it was really cutting edge.
1: Yeah, probably like 19, yeah, it was nineteen ninety five. So that was um that was definitely definitely like um I I don't want to say too ahead of its time because you know it was uh, a couple years after Syndicate, which was also doing some pretty uh similar things, but was still a novelty like the novelty hadn't worn off yet it was still pretty fresh at that point it amuses me that the sequel was put out uh, in
0: 1996 which is one year before the ports came out yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I wonder what year the uh, the ports came out for the other one then maybe they, they were able to speed it up a little bit for the next one I hope
1: <laughs> um could hope but I wonder uh, let's take a look at which uh, platforms I don't think it was. It was was not released. Yeah, it was not (laughs) released on anything else. They're like,
0: we're not doing that again. That was bullshit.
1: (laughs) We did that once.
0: (laughs) Uh, That's great.
1: Uh, But yeah, I mean, it's uh, they're both great games. Uh, Yeah, give them a try if you can find them. They're on GoG. Give them a Mm -hmm. shot.
0: Yeah, that looks like fun. Might have to spend some more time with it. Well, uh, my next pick is—it's uh, another game that actually I think I brought up on an episode a while ago, but uh, just briefly—and that that Sanitarium, which is also mm. most definitely not Lucas Arts or Sierra. Uh, so that one was developed by DreamForge Entertainment and uh, ASC Games, but it was a little bit later. So this is 1998, but to me, I, I still consider it the top end of the classic games. Genre, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was a great game because it, it put you out in the middle of a a very difficult situation. You're in an insane asylum. You don't know who you are. You just know that your name, well, you, you, you're called Max, but you don't actually know. And, uh. And you have to go from there. The insane asylum is literally crumbling from underneath you. You need to find a way to escape. The patients are running mad. The doctors aren't available. And, and it's just a heap of mess. And, and it's a very, it actually, it's got a kind of a cool overhead look. But then when it focuses in on the videos, it's got like a grainy, <sighs> It's like a cross between cartoon and claymation. It was that almost 3D thing that they were mm, doing right. in the late 90s. You know, it, to me, I mean, even going back and playing the game now, it still looks really realistic and cool.
1: Was it FMV though?
0: Mm, I don't think you could classify it as FMV.
1: No, I'm no, it
0: bad. was, it was still drawn like cartoon style. You, you throw that stuff up on uh, Wiki and have a look.
1: Well, it's not on, um, Oh, okay. You know what? I yeah, that was a uh, that was a really interesting look. That was very of its time. And mm-hmm. I kind of miss it. It's it's that kind of um um. You see mm-hmm. it in Arcanum. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and and he he ends up. So what happens is he ends up in all these very strange situations, towns. He's transported to them. He has to solve a mystery. There's a problem with these places that he goes to, and then he ends up back at the asylum, and he's able to piece through 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 different parts of the asylum what is happening with his life and then he gets a little bit closer and then he has to journey off into these crazy lands where you know children are deformed or plants talk and it's it's really quite fantastical mm. I don't think I've I've ever played another game like it and I, and this is a game that was also ported onto Android and iOS in 2015. So it, it's really approachable oh, if, if you don't there? happen to have the CD. Yeah, you can find it in the Play Store. I think it's a paid game, but it's not very much. A couple of bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I own it. Oh, cool. Yeah, because I, I have my original CD. I don't even know where I got it, but I have it in my my happy little CD collection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm but yeah it, it's pretty cool because after he starts unraveling these mysteries he ends up finding out why he's in the asylum and finding out you know potentially it might be related to other members of the family and the story just is is quite big at this point and it's it's a very satisfying mm-hmm. ending it doesn't leave you at a cliffhanger i think all around it it's a creepy game some people they say certain characters have stuck with them you know years after right. playing it and and it affects them and you know there there're certainly some memorable characters Wow.
1: Computer Gaming World named it the Best Adventure Award in 1998, tied with Grim Fandango. And I liked Grim Fandango.
0: I finished both of those around the same time period. Very, very, very different spirit.
1: <laughs> of course, yes. <laughs> um, you know, I, as you can tell, I've never played this game, and I honestly didn't even know what it looks like, apparently, until I just looked it up. The only thing I can really throw into this conversation is this is one little, hopefully humorous (laughs) tidbit, in which um, uh, there is that Metallica song, Sanitarium. Yes. And every time I see the game Machinarium get mentioned, I always hear it in my head, Machinarium (laughs) sang like Metallica singing Sanitarium, right? It'll be like, (laughs) Machinarium. But... That doesn't happen when people talk about sanitarium. It does not (laughs) ring in my head the same way, even though that is literally the same as the actual Metallica song. I, I just don't hear it sung out in my head the way machinarium does, which is a completely different word.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. So yeah, that that's my last choice. You know what? Pick it up, play it. It's an adventure game. You walk around, you point things, you click things. There's little videos in between things to reward you for doing the things that mm-hmm. solve mysteries. So super rewarding, super linear. I, I don't think the puzzles are very moon logic. And, you know, I was able to finish it all the way through without a hint book back in the 90s. So mm. go out, get, it, give it a try.
1: Okay, so... um. There there's a couple that I want to mention, but I think I only really have time to uh go one more on this one um for time. But so I went with the one which I think is well, I mean, I know is definitely lesser known. And uh for a while I actually was pretty sure that um very few people know it. I mentioned it recently in the guild. And a few people chimed in saying, like, oh, yeah, they remember the game it was really good. And not only that, but there I also saw some people in the same thread uh, mention it independently of me before I did. So, you know, I don't always read all the comments before throwing in my two cents. Uh, so when I went and looked back, I was sort of like, oh, I was not the first person to mention this. Um, but I, have you I think you've actually watched me play this one, Castles. Play- well, yeah, Interplay. I did
0: see you play that one.
1: Yeah, I played it like once on Twitch and that's pretty much, um, you know, it's a very simple game. It's really, I, I find it really replayable, but I think that, you know, you can only really play it once on Twitch and people get the point. <laughs> um, so it's kind of a uh, style of game that I'm not sure how well it would do in today's market. But uh I think any classic gamer that goes back to it should probably have a pretty easy time. If anything, a little too easy because the, uh, the combat system is basically a non-factor. Um, it's, they, they really needed a better combat system than that. Um, cause you basically just throw out armies and as long as you have like, more than their armies then you win it's just like it's so uh it's so basic and so um rudimentary but uh the that's not even really the fun part of the game anyways it'd be great if it was a little bit more fun so that could be one of the fun parts of the game but um Mm -hmm. the the real meat of the game is basically uh building a castle hiring the people to do it um you're basically running the kingdom as they build this castle so you build it segment by segment, assign workers to work on it. Uh you gotta buy them food. You gotta tax them so that you can afford to buy them food. <laughs> wow, that just sounded like such a dickish thing now that I said that out loud. That's what playing that- civilization is all about. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh but the best part is that um you know you have messengers that come in and come to you with like story plots. And, uh, mm-hmm. they just, they just tell you this thing happened and basically, it's basically choose your own adventure from there. But, you know, that's really kind of the fun part. Uh, on, cause you gotta handle all this stuff while you're trying to get your damn castle built. Um, mm-hmm. so it's really cool. I mean, again, it's very simple. That's all I can really say too much about it. Came out 1991. Uh, it's Interplay. If that tells you anything, it should, cause Interplay mm-hmm. does really good things. <clears throat> but again, it's just not a genre that really has any, um, real uh, mainstream appeal today, but because it's just such a, it's way too, um, it's way too basic for a lot of what uh, RTS, the, which is the closest genre I can really put it close to. Um, Yeah. I, I, I don't think a modern gamer would really be able to go back to it very well, but a classic gamer, I think would have a lot of fun with it.
0: Yeah. When I watched you play that, that's how it occurred to me. It felt like you were playing a, like a, text-based game, but instead of having to answer in text, it was multiple choice. So that simplified it a bit. And I liked that it had the stories then, and it wasn't just like, okay, you're going to build and you're going to do this. I think there was some resource management. It was fun. I liked watching Mm. you play. I'd totally check that
1: out. And uh, that is about all I can say about castles. Well,
0: it's (laughs) not in your usual genre. When I see you play games, that's that's not one I've seen
1: you gravitate to as often, at least not when you're streaming. Mm-hmm. Well, like I said, um, I think it really only has about one Twitch stream worth of um, streamability because you know, sure, it's fun for me to play for hours and hours. I still go back to it, but it's not gonna be very fun for people to watch me to play it hours and hours. <laughs> um, you know, it's really cool, just like little things, like you know, I guess combat's a little bit cool, just because uh, once you have like walls built up, you can just kind of um. There's some very basic rudimentary strategy. If you want to just like have all your infantry up front and just like slaughter people before they even get to the castle, or you can like wait behind the wall so that when the um so archers can pick them off as they're trying to like get through your moat. And then once you reach the walls, um your people will dump burning oil on them. So there's basically only like a couple left by the Mm -hmm. time they finally get to your infantry and you just chop them down. So there's something there. It's just it it's clearly um needed to be a little bit fleshed out and then it'll be fine it'll be better well, i should say
0: it was the beginning of great things i remember the first time i really got familiar with interplay would have been stonekeep i, I remember i loved the big the big box for stonekeep i always thought it was so cool the skeleton on the front looking mm. all like deadly and uh, actually i think there's a copy of that game at my local epic game store right now i've just been watching it for the last few months oh nice yeah, nice game box. So n- I guess I didn't like it enough to want to rebuy it again at forty dollars for the box. But uh, Interplay did some good stuff. That was a fun game. It was a little bit outside of my genre at the time, and it pulled me into that that type of gaming for role playing and such. Mm-hmm. All right. And do you have um, do you have one more pick to go? I do have one more pick, and I'm bringing this up because in the Classic Gamers Guild. It has been brought up. People are looking at games that are fun to play now and fun to play with the family, as in, I mean, not necessarily side by side multiplayer, but hot seat multiplayer, which is what I'm looking at here. And my choice is Heroes of Might and Magic 3. Right. Yeah, and all of its expansions go to GOG, get it complete, right? It's mm-hmm. it's 3DO. I think uh Ubisoft had some work in there later. They popped it onto Linux with low-key software. They've got a a good group. They've done some good stuff. It runs smooth. Now here's the thing. I play it, my husband plays it, my kids play it, and my dad has been playing nothing but Heroes of Might and Magic 3 for years. So it it really is a game that uh that keeps exciting year after year because it's random map, right? So even if you've played through all the story, you can just keep randomizing and the game's new every time.
1: Oh, nice. There's like even a map builder in there, isn't there? So you like design your own. (laughs) There is. That's like the one thing I actually know about this game. (laughs)
0: <laughs> my son liked to do a lot of that when he was younger. Now, here's where we lucked into it, because there was this Heroes of Might and Magic app. Now, I'm going to say this, and people are going to get excited. Don't get too excited. It was out on the Amazon App Store about eight years ago. Now, I have it because I've been able to keep my coffee, but it's it's a lovely little app version that helps kids figure it out. So my son, when he was about three, he couldn't read yet, but he got this app. And pretty much got the basic of how to play Heroes of Might and Magic. And he's been playing it ever since. And gosh, when you're playing hot seat with him, he, he just takes over. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you do your job right when your kids can kick your butt at the video games that you're the you're supposed to be good at. So right. Yeah, I highly recommend it. And for those that aren't familiar, this is a, a game where you have a, uh, a castle and you have to manage it. You have to manage your resources and upgrade your castle. I'm, I'm sure so many of you have played it by now that mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't need to hear the description. But it's great. You go around and you collect things. It's instantly rewarding. And if you really, really, really just want to be left alone to get the lay of the land, give yourself one or two enemies and make them weak. And you can pretty much go around and do whatever the heck you want. Give yourself a large map, and you've got hours of fun, so something for
1: everything in this gem from nineteen ninety seven right, yeah, I definitely uh haven't actually played it myself, but um, wait, do you see it at ninety seven I think so,
0: yeah. Yeah, 1997.
1: Um, I pulled up the page here just in hopes I might have something to say about it.
0: Yeah, the the expansion came out uh, a little bit later on, but I, I'm pretty
1: sure. Yes, yeah, so I think in I'm. I am looking at the expansion, even mm-hmm. yeah, even though I totally clicked on. <laughs> Wait, this is a really confusing Wikipedia page.
0: <laughs> That's why I'm not looking at Wikipedia. I actually
1: took notes on this one earlier. <laughs> yeah, but like I said, if I don't have Wikipedia, I don't know what to talk about this game. I never played this one, yeah, um, which is it's sacrilege, because I know like this is like everyone's favorite game.
0: <laughs> and simple, even if you don't know what the heck you're doing, you just you go around clicking on things and upgrading things, because gosh knows, we all know how to do that. <laughs> until you have like better stuff, and then you can kick people's asses so they don't get better stuff first. Great. Like for me I like to build the capital first. So I usually unless I have something immensely pressing, I just spend my first few turns getting everything built so that I can get my capital because then you're getting like $5,000 a turn or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then and then I start working on everything else. I find it confusing though when you have uh a bunch of horses and a bunch of guys to manage and all of a sudden it, the game gets really big, you know, especially when you have a full map and you've got six or seven teams that are up against you. And and sometimes I end up falling apart a little bit when it gets quite big. Uh, my son is really good at keeping things together and managing multiple units, but it, it's hard too when you have to manage another castle and you're trying to upgrade troops everywhere. But satisfying, years of fun there.
1: Apparently, yeah, We're still going strong today.
0: It is, yeah, and I think people play it online. It's it's got a whole following. And there's there's not a day that doesn't go by that Heroes of Might and Magic 3 or Civilization 3 or Panzer General 2 are not played in this house by somebody. Fair enough. All right. So we are out of time. Uh, Anna. (laughs) All right. That's it for us tonight. That was a lot of fun. I'm sure that there's lots more games out there that are not done by Sierra or LucasArts. Is there one that you like that you want to tell us about that perhaps we haven't mentioned yet? Throw us a line.
1: You can find us. uh, I'm pretty sure we covered it in our like six games. (laughs)
0: Yeah, that's it. There are no other games that aren't made by them. So it's all right. No, everything else is theirs. (laughs) But if you do have an idea, you can always find us on Facebook. We have a page and a group. You can uh, give us a tweet out at the CG Guild. Email us, mail at classicgamersguild.com. Thank you so much. Listeners, you make it worth it because we know that somebody cares about what we have to say. (laughs) It's (laughs) nice to hear that there's somebody out there that does. I I really want to also thank uh, everybody on Patreon for making the show possible, Uh, especially everybody in the extra special thanks tier. And that's uh, Jay Holmes and Mark Fillion. Thank you, guys. Uh, I also want to say a thanks to Jude Gore, who is a new Patreon subscriber. Thanks to you for making the show possible. And that's it for us. Don't do a murder.